We are back on the Sports Wire, KTGR and KTGR.com. Andy Humphrey now joined on the line on the KTGR hotline by our good friend Jeff Parles, of course, former host of this program, the Sports Wire, and now at VSIN out in the desert. And uh, Jeff is one of many folks uh, with VSIN that are about to be uh, resident experts on all things XFL. Because, Jeff, you guys are, are basically... Uh, you're you're going wall to wall whenever the games are on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you're basically one of the one stop shops for folks that that want to follow it from a Vegas perspective. Is that not right? Yeah. So so uh, going a quick little detail here, uh, Andy. Uh, we we have plenty of partnerships out here at VSIN, and one of them we uh, uh, as was uh, released in a press release uh, Thursday. Uh, have a deal with the XFL to do uh, what we call betcasts. We did them for the Super Bowl. We did it for the NCAA National Championship game. So basically, we just go through the entire game uh, with the live lines on our screen and talk about how every single play can impact uh, the betting portions of of, of the game. So uh, we'll have an online stream. I'm not – Andy, I know it's a day at a game, but uh, all I can tell you right now is go to vcin.com. Uh, look uh, Look on our website. There will be details on, on how to tell you to get to our BetCast, which will be audio only at first. So sync them up to your TVs, watch as we go along uh, at vcin.com uh, to listen to these audio BetCasts. It'll be, a, it'll be a, a whale of a time, and Andy, it'll be the first game of the weekend, the first game of the day on Saturday and Sunday, in all likelihood that schedule is obviously subject to change. But I do know this. We got the D.C. Defenders. We got the Seattle Dragons coming to you from Audi Field in Washington D.C. <laughs> a little bit later today at, at about one at one o'clock Central Time. I'm ready. I'm ready to roll, Hump. Ready to roll. And and you told me that there is a a meeting of the minds of of two uh, KTGR uh, legends of both you and uh, and Ben Wilson that will be on this. Aren't isn't that right? So 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 uh, I'll be handling. I'll be handling the lead role at, at most of the time this year. Uh, Saturday this weekend, I'll have both our Saturday and our Sunday game, and uh, for the ten the ten week regular season and the two week playoffs, uh, I'll have the Saturday games. Uh, I don't know who will have the championship game. We'll have to figure that out as we go along because uh, it's on a Sunday. But Ben will be helping out as well, and we have a great crew: uh, uh, Wes Reynolds, Matt Holt, uh, Beeson Staples will be on the show. Uh, on this betcast show, it's, it's almost like a show more than a play-by-play broadcast, Andy. But it's it's uh, it'll be it'll be good. It's uh, yeah, we've we've all taken our stuff west, as as you know, Andy. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. And uh, that that'll be something that that we should all look forward to when we're when we're watching those games both today and tomorrow. So uh, make sure you go and check it out. Uh, Jeff Parles of Veasan joining us on uh, the Sportswire KTGR and KTGR.com. Uh, what we're gonna go a little bit. Uh, deeper into the league as a whole uh, a little bit later on but of course uh, folks uh, of uh, of around here definitely want to know uh, what you think about the Battle Hawks this year Jeff <laughs> Oh man so so the Vegas odds have it as is this right now Andy the uh, first off from our, our our old buddy BK we're just mentioning basically every pass. Oh man every oh, every, oh, every last uh, every sports pass, wire every host pass. is getting name dropped in this one Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so BK who's obviously now in uh now in back in St. Louis at 101 I uh, asked him early, uh, on Friday uh, 
uh, what's, what's the excitement level uh, in St. Louis? And he said it was higher than he expected, which is a good sign. Pro football back at the, uh, at the old dome at America Center now is what they call it. Uh, so, look, here's, here's the deal with the St. Louis team. I, I, I think of the eight teams that most of the futures book odd to uh, win the championship in St. Louis pops in at seventh or sixth. I think they took a little bit of money. Uh, when uh, a lot of people were in town over the Super Bowl week, saying, "Oh, the Missouri teams in the in the in the Super Bowl," and the Chiefs, obviously, uh, people that are from the area, Humph came in, bet the Battle Hawks as well. Uh, this team is look; it, it's very simple with this league. The better teams have the better quarterback and the better coach. Now, I don't know a lot about Jonathan Hayes. I know he was a, he was a good assistant coach through his career. Not, all, not, not not any head coaching experience like a bunch of other coaches in this league. Uh, they all also are starting a first-time professional quarterback in Jordan Tamu, who Andy, you, of course, remember from Ole Miss. Uh, Taylor Haneke, former Carolina Panthers starter from two years ago, is their backup quarterback. The names that you know on this team, Kristen Michael and Matt Jones, those are both running backs who Michael, of course, famously on those Seahawks teams that were really good the one that won the Super Bowl, and then the year after, Matt Jones was a good college running back at the University of Florida. Those are probably the two biggest names that people will know on a on a macro scale. On a micro scale for Columbia, well, Damian Washington and Marcus Lucas ring a bell, don't they? Oh yeah, they're both on the they're both on the Battle Hawks too. But Damian is one of their top two wide receivers. Marcus Lucas actually playing tight end for the Battle Hawks this year. So look, they're. There are local connections. There are local connections throughout this league. Uh, Marcel Frazier, former defensive end for Mizzou, is on Seattle. Uh, Jacque Smith is also up there as well in Seattle. So there are plenty of Mizzou names in this league for people to attach onto in Columbia. Uh, but as a whole, I expect in the Western, or excuse me, St. Louis in the East, of course, this go around along with Tampa, New York, and D.C. I would pick St. Louis to probably finish fourth out of four teams in the Eastern Conference. There's just more talent on those other teams, uh, including the Vipers, who we'll, we'll see on we'll see on Sunday, who are the current favorites to uh, to win the uh, Eastern Conference. And the Vipers, of course, I'm saying this like everyone knows where all these teams are located. The Vipers, of course, are in Tampa Bay, coach. By uh, one of your favorites, Andy, Mark Tressman, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Vipers. <laughs> one of my fa- when, when did he come? One of my favorites. I, I can't remember uh, when that happened. Well, well, what you call it? It's uh, it's Tressman with the ageless wonder Jerry Glanville as his defensive oh, yes. coordinator. <laughs> Matt, Matt Jerry Ma- Glanville at the, at the ripe age of seventy eight, still coaching football. Matt Michaels and I were reveling at the fact that Jerry Glanville somehow was convinced to get back into football coaching. We just, well, I think Hal Mummy is the best name in yeah, this. That, that, uh, that also is the up there in the Hall of Fame so far. Just, M- let's remember Mummy some of. Names. Of course, Mummy, of course, is actually the def- the offensive coordinator for Bob Stoops and company uh, at Dallas. Dallas is the prohibited favorite to win the league, by the way, Hump. Yeah, they are. And it just seems, uh, as Jeff Parles joins us, a V-CIN uh, talking XFL on KTGR and KTGR.com. It seems that, you know, as we looked at the Vegas odds and you saw the Renegades up there at the top of Dallas and you saw the, the coach and quarterback combo of Bob Stoops and Landry Jones and he gets to throw to one of his uh, former Oklahoma wide receivers also, it, it just seemed that, you know, the names that you knew and, and 
the the history that some of these players and coaches had had with each other probably bodes well a little bit more for their chances. Is that kind of how you see it too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, we actually did an exercise on Monday on a numbers game. Uh, Gil Alexander, the regular host of the show, I'm the, his producer and his number two comrade on there. I, we went through basically, all right, Gil, we know nothing about the teams except for the most well-known quarterback and the head coach. Let's see if you can guess where they are on the odds boards. And he actually nailed it perfectly. So Stoops and Landry Jones, of course, Mizzou fans, know those two for Mizzou beating them in 2010 at Faroe Field, of course. Uh, shout out to that game, which amazingly is 10 years ago now, which means you and I are both old, hum. Gosh, uh, but, 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 but look, eh, Dallas has offensive talent around Jones. Landry Jones, look, Landry, there's a reason Landry Jones didn't make it in the NFL. He, he, was, a, he was a third-string quarterback, but for a league like this, Jones fits well. Uh, Mummy, of course, is the offensive coordinator there. Stoops is the best coach in this league, in my opinion, at the head coaching position. Jones is probably the third best starting quarterback in this league. Landry Jones, that is. So it makes sense that Dallas is the number one team in all the odds uh, markets. I think actually the team we'll see tomorrow, D.C., uh, the defenders, Cardell Jones, of course, the Ohio State Buckeye, who famously came in as the third-string quarterback and led to help them get to a national championship. Uh, mostly that was because of the legs of Ezekiel Elliott, but Cardell still made some plays through that playoff run that beat down to Wisconsin and then beating Alabama and Oregon uh, about six years, about five years ago now. Uh, eight, I think they're underrated. They have Malachi Dupree, who SEC fans will remember, was a good wide receiver at LSU. It just didn't pan out in the NFL. Scooby Wright, that good linebacker at Arizona, who wasn't quite quick enough to make it in the, in the NFL as their number one linebacker. Uh, there, are, there are pieces on this D.C. team that they're flying under the radar at 6-1. to one. They're about halfway down on the odds board, either fourth or fifth, uh, depending on where you got it. Uh, so I, I think they're the one that's they're undervalued. But look, Dallas is the best team in this league. I Tampa's probably the second best team with Tressman and Aaron Murray as their quarterback. Tressman, of course, their head coach. Then I would slot DC and Houston three four. Your boy June Jones, of course, the coach of the Houston Rough, Roughnecks this year, Humph, and, and I know you're excited for that. Excited for that. Uh, two other Mizzou names that folks will remember, Coney Ely and Walter Palmore getting to the yes. quarterback will be uh, for the Roughnecks also. So you have that. Folks yes, Coney, Coney Ely, uh, very interesting career path for Coney, of course, nearly the Super Bowl MVP and Super Bowl 50 at Carolina had been able to pull that off, had a solid NFL career for about three years, and then, uh, then the New York Jets happened for Coney Ely. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's all you need to know. Of course, uh, Palmore and, and Ely, as, as Tom said, Ely, there, there's a legitimate argument to be made that Coney Ely's the best defensive player in this league uh, right out of the gate, and Houston draws L.A. tomorrow. Uh, Josh Johnson, who I think is the best quarterback in this league, period, is likely not going to play with an injury. So L.A. is going to be on the backup quarterback right away. So if you're trying to bet these things, uh, Houston might be worth a look laying the six and a half with Los Angeles, likely without the best quarterback in the entire league tomorrow due to injury and Josh Johnson. Well, that should be interesting. Uh, Jeff Parles of VEASAN joining us on the Sportswire KTGR and KTGR.com. Uh, wanted to pivot a little bit. Uh, to to the NBA because we saw some wild trades uh, and and basically 
I don't like picking winners and losers in this kind of thing because I, I like to kind of see how it works out on the courts with some of these new faces that join new teams. But as you kind of seen it now, and since we're a couple days removed from that trade deadline, do you see anyone that, that really got any better? I mean, most folks are saying uh, Miami and Houston really were the teams that maybe traded their way a little bit more into the conversation as far as contending for the title. But And maybe there are other teams that are looking more to the future and, and improving in that in that realm with the trades that they made on Thursday and a little bit earlier than that. So let's take Miami first. I'm not sure how much better Miami truly is with Iguodala. He hasn't played this year. We don't know what he is. And with Iguodala, without us knowing what Iguodala actually can bring to the table, how do we know that actually helps the Heat in the end? Obviously, the Heat are dealing with Jimmy Butler uh, getting an injury uh, two ni- uh, last night, or two nights ago, I should say, with the Clippers. But that is a... That's a scenario uh, where, I don't know. I mean, it would have helped that Gallinari had actually gotten that deal to Miami, but he didn't. Uh, I'm still not certain of how good uh, Eagle Dallow will be there with not playing at all. Uh, Your Rockets obviously made the stunner of the deadline because they trade Clint Capella really for just Robert Covington, who was a 3-and-D guy they'd absolutely needed. And they're all committed now, the Rockets are, to this great 6-5 and under, 6-6 and under, excuse me, starting lineup and bench rotation where Tavo Bencefalosha is the tallest player that is playing in the rotation right now for the Rockets, which, look, they're leaning into it, the fast pace, the exuberant, the, the exorbitant amount of threes taken. They took 60 the other night against the Hornets. They got a really good win last night against the Lakers, where the Lakers shot 50% from the field and still lost by 10 because the the, uh, the Rockets hit 10 more threes than L.A. did. So I, I think the Rockets are the team to look at this this trade deadline. The Rockets have done two things, though, with this. They have raised their ceiling where they now have a, a, a specific edge that they didn't fully have before over the two Los Angeles teams where they're just going to shoot a ton of threes, and if they hit 50%, they're probably going to win – at least two or three games in that series against either of the Los Angeles teams just because of the way the math works out. But they've also lowered their floor. They could absolutely be in a series against Utah now where they could lose to Utah or they could lose uh, to Denver, even though I think they probably would have lost to Denver beforehand anyway. But they they basically have raised their ceiling and lowered their floor where they are by far the most volatile team left in the field period. They'll be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of will they be three, four, five, or six. Uh, But they're the team that I really look at for this postseason. Of course, down the line, it'll be interesting to see how Wiggins does in Golden State. It'll be interesting to see if with a full season, would Russell and Towns in Minneapolis, can the Timberwolves finally do something of note other than just get an eight seed and then get pounded by the one that was your Rockets. Of course, they did that to him with Jimmy Butler uh, two years ago. But the the Covington-Capella Four-team deal was the most fascinating thing to me. And also, of course, I'm for Andre Drummond, who goes from one awful situation to one that I actually think is even worse than Detroit. Well, and even when you're in Detroit, and yeah, it was not good. And the team just seemed to be at a standstill. But at least you're within arm's reach of the playoffs. And maybe there's a chance that they can get something going. But then all of a sudden, you just go... Uh, and now you've got the situation with him and Tristan Thompson that the Cavs have to figure out. Yeah, well, the Cavs, the Cavs are a lost cause right now anyway, Andy. They're, they they have no plan. I don't know how Kevin Love is still on the roster. 
uh, they, they're lost. They're lost as an organization right now, and and they have a lot of issues. And getting Drummond, I don't think, really helps them. And like you said, uh, Tristan Thompson's still there. I, I, if I were Cleveland, I would have tried to have dealt him, but his contract's untradeable. Wouldn't be shocked if a buyout comes at some point. But but look, I mean, the Cavs are completely irrelevant with or without Drummond. And now Andre Drummond is probably going to spend, uh, not, uh, of course, this year with no playoffs. I would imagine he'll spend next year with no playoffs because he sounds like he's going to opt into that mega mega money that he's going to get next year with that player opt-in. All right, Jeff Parles of VEASAN joining us on the Sportswire, KTGR and KTGR.com. You can follow him on the tweets, at Jeff Parles. And, of course, uh, if you're at all interested in the XFL, well, Parles and the rest of the VEASAN team, they'll, they'll definitely have you covered for a lot of that as it gets started today and tomorrow. Uh, Jeff, always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, congrats uh, on all of the coverage that you guys are going to be able to provide for folks, and good luck with it, and we'll hope to uh, to hear from you again soon. Andy, you're the best, buddy. Thank you.